Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another episode of NC MMA Radio. This is your host, Tyson Roush. Um, we appreciate all your supports, all your listens. You can follow the show on Twitter, NCMMA underscore radio. Also, check out our website, uh, nicotonefitness.com. In this episode, we got a very special guest. It's Mickey Gall, who had a huge win recently, made headlines all across the country, all across the world, probably, with his upcoming opponent. So, we'll bring him on now. Nikki, this is Tyson with NC MMA Radio. How you doing, man? What's up, Tyson? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. First of all, thank you for your time. I know you're probably pretty busy doing a lot of interviews and having a lot of fun, I'm sure, after your big win, right? Yeah, but no, nah, man. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Man, no doubt, man. So I guess what I want to do is I want to go back. I actually, I was at your fight, your Dead Series 17 fight at the 2300 Arena. And the first thing I want to say is it was so impressive watching you just entering the cage with all your supporters around wearing the big orange, big bright orange shirts. So I want to know, was that a, like a big collaborative event, or how did you organize that? Because you had a huge following there. Yeah, man, you know, I'm really lucky. I'm real fortunate from the support that I get. I have a lot of great friends, you know, family, and everyone just, you know, everyone comes out and supports. It's really motivating. Um, what we do is we had actually everyone who bought a ticket, my dad and I went in and we bought a bunch of shirts and everyone who bought a ticket from me, I'd give them a shirt for free. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a good way to kind of, you know, give back all, you know, um, give back to everyone that comes out and supports me. And, uh, you know, it looks all the, all, you know, the big sea of orange or whatever color shirt we had. No, it was impressive. We, we were sitting there, we were, we were cage side. All you saw was all your supporters everywhere you went with the orange shirt. And that was good for yeah. two reasons. It's good. It's good for promotion, but also that night Dana White and Matt Serra were there with that searching for a fighter promotion. And did you feel any pressure knowing that they were there, sitting there, cage side, watching you perform? There's always, you know, for me, every MMA fight, I feel pressure. I get nervous um, because, you know, we we practice countless hours. We'll practice two times a day for an hour and a half each. And then we only get, we get 15 minutes to show what we can do. And, you know, for lack of a better word, I want to show off. I want to show what I'm capable of. So I'm always, I'm always very nervous before. I, I think, you know, knowing Dana White and Matt Sarah and uh, Nick the Tooth were there, you know, just kind of added to the excitement knowing they were film, filming their show. Made you just, you know, it, I thought it made it more fun rather than nerve-wracking. Um, but, yeah, there's, I, I always get nervous before fights. You no, know, and you performed very well, man. And then once you won, the place went, you know, bonkers. Just everybody celebrating, and was very happy for you. And then you made you made some headlines when you called out CM Punk, which I think was a great move on your part. But was that something you calculated going into the fight that if you won, you wanted to do that to try to get Dana White's attention? 
Yes. As soon as I got off the phone about a little less than a month before the fight with Frankie Perez, saying that he told me that Dana White was going to be there, and immediately as I hung up the phone, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to call out CM Punk. I mean, you know, I knew I was going to be 1-0 after my fight, and that's the only guy in the U.S. I, you know, my goal, my dream is to get in the UFC, and, you know, I want to be a champion in the UFC. So I, want, I was like, hey, if there's Dana White's here. How often is he going to be at my uh, regional fights? Let me see what I can do. I knew he was 0-0. I was going to be 1-0. That's a like record. And, I, you know, I get that fight. That's huge. That's, you know, that, that'd be a big fight. And, you know, I, I, I was kind of tossing up a Hail Mary, man. Did, I did not expect to be sitting here talking to you, having been locked in with that fight for CM Punk now. No, it's, it's a great story, man. It's an inspiring story for a lot of other fighters, too, because now they can say, hey, you know what? If I put in the work, I do my thing, I can get a chance, too. So it, it's really awesome. So then you get your first fight in UFC, and then there's this buildup saying, okay, if he wins this fight, he may actually get CM Punk. So if you didn't have nerves, the first, or if you had some nerves fighting in front of Dana White, how much did you have going into your first UFC fight? Uh, nerves, man. You know, I, calm. It was fun going out there, getting the whole UFC experience, doing all the media functions, uh, the interviews, this, that. Um, it was fun. They, you know, they're really cool. They treat you very well. And then, you know, come after, you know, I start eating after my weigh-in and stuff. It starts setting in. Yeah, you got to handle your business tomorrow. So, you know, and then fight day, I get, I, I get a little nervous. But I was really, I was really focusing on, you know, staying in the moment, staying present. Um, and just, you know, it, enjoying it, taking it all in, and just go, making sure I was going to perform. I was doing, you know, breathing exercises and just making sure I'm, I'm staying, I was staying present. And that's, this fight was the best I felt of any of my fights. I felt very at home. I felt very comfortable going out into the octagon. I felt great in there. I felt like I could have done that for, I, I could have easily sustained that over three rounds and, and been dominant the whole time. I, I felt amazing. No, and you looked amazing. I mean, and now... 45 seconds in, you finished the fight with a rear naked choke. Did that surprise you how fast it all happened? Do you remember it, or was it kind of just a big blur? No, man, I really, you know, but of more than any, more so than any other fight, I remember everything. I was so present, and I, that's why I was working. I was talking to uh, a couple guys, like sports psychologist types, uh, friend Dr. Lee Monday and uh, this guy who owns Decipher, Daniel Martinez. And we're, you know, we're, we're talking a lot, and they're like, stay present, and I was just so locked in in the moment. I was I didn't expect it to go that quick. I was very surprised that it went 45 seconds. I was ready to go three rounds. I thought I'd take him out early, but, you know, I was I was preparing for the worst. And, uh, yeah, I didn't expect it to go that quick, man. Was, but, you know, the first punch I landed uh, put him down, and then I jumped on that choke quick, <laughs> as quick as I could. No, it was impressive, man. I mean, once it happened, it happened so fast, and all of a sudden, like, social media everywhere just erupted. It was like, wow, this is just just over so quickly. So you you, may, you have your, your first win in the UFC, you're all fired up, and then you have this kind of like the, the fighter standing with CM Punk. What was that like for you? It seemed, to be honest with you, it looked a little awkward because he looked kind of awkward about it, but what was that experience for you? <laughs> it, yeah, it was definitely, you know, it was a little awkward. I was like, like all right, I guess we're going to just stand in front of each other and make, you know, a little small talk for now. I, you know, after a win, you're always, you're like walking in the clouds, you know, you're, you're feeling great. Uh, and yeah, I saw him and it, you know, it was nice to just lay my eyes on him in person and like, be like, all right, there's my, you know, I, there's my food. You know, I, I see, I, I look at him and like, I, I see dollar signs and I see, you know, someone who I'm going to beat up and be able to make, progress my MMA career off of. And, uh, you know, I, I was all smiles. I don't know if they were hoping we'd get mad at each other and push and shove, but I, I was just, I was like, cool. I was just smiling in his face, you know? 
No, and that was actually a good approach, man, to be honest. It's like you see it, and it's like you can't force animosity. You can't force intensity. He seemed like he was kind of, like, standoffish, and you're like, listen, I, I just want my fight. Like, I'm already here. So it, it was kind yeah. of interesting. Now, so the thing is, now, were you were you a fan of CM Punk's in the past and he was a wrestler, or is this kind of just like uh, this is all business for you? All business. I, I used to be a fan of professional wrestling back when it was, like, WWF. When I when it was like I was a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, but you know, uh, I said before. Then I like graduated middle school and I like, found other stuff to do, and uh, you know I got into MMA and stuff, and I, I didn't follow it. But I I didn't really hear about like I hear about him the same way I hear about like John Cena or whoever else is like the star. You just kind of hear about it, but I was never watching. Um, then yeah, when I found out he was going into MMA, you know I'd hear about him a little more. And then when I didn't I didn't think I'd ever be the guy to fight him until. You know, I, I had that opportunity with Dana. I was like, well, here, let me, he was going to be on my fight. Let me just give this a try. And boy, did that work out well. <laughs> you hit the jackpot, my friend. You did it in a big way. Now, yes, sir. Have you, received a, have you received a lot of support from other mixed martial artists kind of saying, hey, you know what, shut CM Punk up? Like, do you, have you received that kind of support yet or no? Yeah, you know, I've, from a lot of, I, I've received a lot more love than hate. Uh, I think some of it, ha- some of the love has to do with the, hate that people seem to have for CM Punk. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't have hate for him. I respect him. He made himself a superstar in his in his field, and now he's coming over to, you know, my field, our field, MMA fighters' field. That's, you know, he's going to be dealt with accordingly. But, you know, I, 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 I don't have any, you know, I, I, I respect him, and, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It's, it's a business, man. It's like it's... It's all fun and games, but at the end of the day, you have to beat him. So he's he's an opponent. So I can definitely respect yeah. that. Absolutely. So now the, the the story was you guys were scheduled to fight UFC 200, or that was the the plan at least. And now apparently he has a back injury. Who's going to be your next opponent? Are you still going to wait for him, or how are you going to handle that? Uh, you know when the news broke, I I was getting all the texts from everyone, being like, "Sorry, bro. Sorry, buddy. You pulled out. Fight soft. This and that." And then, um, we. We got in touch with Dana White. Dana White called my dad and was like, hey, the surgery's minor. It's a four-week setback. The fight is still on. So I'm still matched up to fight CM Punk. Uh, you know, hopefully his surgery all goes as planned and, you know, I can beat him up in the summer. I'm hoping for UFC 200. I know they were talking about 199, and then four weeks later that land us right around 200, which would be incredible. Yeah, that would be sick. That's probably going to be one of the biggest cards in the history of the organization. So that would be a phenomenal opportunity for you. So now, as you yeah, prepare cool. for this fight, yeah, it would be, be sick. As you prepare for this fight, what are you going to try to focus on with your training? I mean, obviously, he's an unknown when it comes to martial arts. You, you figure he's going to be a good athlete, but if you watch some of the training videos and things he's done, there's not a lot to work off of. So as, as his opponent, what are you going to be working on? Uh, same stuff I always do. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna work on my game. I'm gonna do what I do. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't. I'm not too concerned with what he's gonna do. It'd be nice to be able to, you know, see a little bit and see. Like even when I watch film on opponents that have a lot of content out there, it's just, you know, I'm gonna watch. I'll, I'll pick up on a tendency, but then I'm gonna force my game onto them. Uh, you know, I'll be able to see this or that, but I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring my game. I'm gonna bring the fight to him, make him fight my fight, and you know. Beat him up. Yes, that's never a bad plan, man. And once again, we're talking with Mickey Ball, who's very, very kind to give us some time today. 
Nikki, my question for you is, you know, at our school, we, a lot of young fighters come in, and, and they always want to spar right away. They want to, you know, they want to be the biggest man in the cage and everything else. As a UFC fighter, how often do you spar? Um, you know, I was I I was bad, just like you're talking about. Um, I when I when I started, like when I really started, got into it. There was at one point, and uh, I, I know Shorty Shorty Rock would and uh, Billy D would yell at me because I'd spar like five days a week, which is not it wasn't smart. But nowadays, I you know, I should probably just do it once. I do it two days a week just because I, I I freaking love it. It's just fun. Um, and actually, yeah, I've been down to, uh, to, uh, Nick and Tones, and I got to get back there more because there's always great tough guys on the mat. I'm just a child and your practices are at like 930 and I, I, I sleep late, so I'm a big baby, but, um, <laughs> you know, I let, I got, I got to make sure I, I get down there, you know, it's like an hour drive and stuff and, you know, I got to make it happen though. But, uh, yeah, it's, you, you shouldn't spark too much. You got to protect your brain. Yeah, that's the one thing we've talked to. Like, we always talk, we talk to, like, Frankie Edgar and these guys. And you all say the same thing. It's like, a couple of years ago, everybody would spar all the time. But then it's like, you're entering your fight kind of hurt. You have some, like, you know, nagging injuries, this, that. So it's like, you'd rather be a preserved fighter than an injured fighter. So it seems like a lot of guys are doing more technical sparring now. Like, you have, like, your one really hard session a week. But then you do more technical sparring, kind of moving around, things like that. It seems like it's kind of a safer way to train. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that really seems to be, you know, ha- adding more soft days, adding, you know, not always just, ba- you know, banging it out each day, which, uh, you know, that seems to be the, the new trend, the new uh, the, the new smart move. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess, I guess one of my last questions for you is, you know, a lot of a lot of young fighters coming up now, a lot of guys, they, they see it all over TV, they want to be the next, you know, whoever it is, you know, Chuck Liddell or Luke Rockhold or whoever it is. Do you have a message for young fighters coming up in terms of just you know how to go about the sport and how to handle their business? Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm I still consider myself a young fighter, so I don't know how you know take what I say with a grain of salt. But I, I think uh, I think you know try, get get as much work in as you can. Spend you know get that time in on the mat. That that time is priceless. You know when you just hone your craft. Cause that's what it is. It's, it's it's you know it's fun. It's you know, it's, you get to play around with your friends, but it's also it's your craft. So, you know, take it seriously. Have fun with it, but, go, but you know, get, spend, do double sessions. Uh, and, you know, also make sure you have time to recover. Get your sleep. Uh, don't, you know, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of my coaches are telling me I overtrain. And I, I'm, now I'm, I'm realizing that, and I'm going to, you know, be, I'm going to be smarter about that. But I, I still, I'm glad of, of the hours that I did put in because that's, you know, I, that, you know, the, to master something, what do they say, 10,000 hours? And I, I know in my you know eight year career I've I put in at least I put I put in well over that, so it's I you know get get put your time in take it seriously have fun and rest that's all you know the yin, yin and yang everything's contradicting but <laughs> you know yeah, just get that working exactly. and have it, fun. It's very true. And you you mentioned your coaches. You know, in this sport, how important is it to have like good teammates and good coaches? It's huge. It's it's everything, you know. It's it's an individual sport, but it's you you don't you can't get better without a team. Um, and you know, it's you ha- you definitely have to be self motivated. But coaches, you know, coaches are great. They there's the thing is, and I've I actually had a coach tell me this. Like, there's no masters in this sport. There's there's masters in this field. There's masters at that. You got you know you got to be the master of your of your own thing, but also be able to be open minded. Take from everyone. Take where. Take information. Be a sponge. Take what you can get from this guy. Take what you can get from that guy. You know, 
some some guy walked in the gym and is is you know is brand new to MMA and just has like a Taekwondo black belt. Teach you some. Everyone has something to offer. So you know, try and I, I try and take you know and, and learn from everybody. Yeah, that's a great way to handle it, man. To be honest with you, we you always see the same thing. It's like you can always learn from somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be like you said, yeah. any background. It could be karate. It could be karate. It could be anything. You could always learn something. So, yeah, that's, that's an awesome way to take things. Um, what what are the best ways for fans of yours just to follow you as you go forward? Uh, at uh, you know my all my handle is the same for everything. It's at Mickey Gall. It's my name, M I C K E Y G A L L. Mickey like the mouse. Uh. Yeah, I'm you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those social media things. Awesome. And before we let you go, what is going to be your prediction when you finally get your chance to take on CM Punk? How's this fight going to end? <laughs> I will beat CM Punk in the first round. I'll finish him. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a TKO or submission, but it'll end in the first round violently. Awesome, dude. Nikki, thank you so much for your time today. I definitely appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you against CM Punk and just for the rest of your career as well. Thank you very much, Tyson. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Have a good day. All right, everybody. That was Mickey Gall, who, you know, it's a, it's a big story right now in the MMA. He's, he's an impressive first victory, 45 seconds. Now he's taking on a guy that a lot of MMA fans are not, not really fans of because he's CM Punk, professional wrestler. Seems like he got a contract just because of his name, not because of his talent. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, see if, if he does actually fight and if Nicky can take care of business. So we want to thank him for his time. Please be sure to follow him, like he said, at Nicky Gall on Twitter, on Facebook. We appreciate the listens once again. You can follow this show on Twitter, NCMMA underscore radio, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.